And today's space, we actually have Yam4 is presenting this today. Uh, they do crypto loans. Their motto is crypto loans simplified. Uh, they do have a testnet coming out quarter one. So be on the lookout for that. I'll definitely be sharing that out in my newsletter too. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about stable coins. Actually, we have uh, shares like in here actually today too. So we're going to kind of go through what stable coins are. Uh, what the different types of stable coins are, and then just kind of have a discussion with everybody uh, so we can kind of all, you know, use our brains together and figure out what's the difference between all these and which ones we like and which ones we don't. Feel free to request to come up at any time if you want to talk or have questions or comments on anything we're talking about. So first things, obviously, crypto is super volatile. Uh, I mean, if you've been in crypto at all for any amount of time, prices tend to go up or down or wherever they want to go at any time. Uh, and that's one reason stable coins were invented, right? Uh, it's a little bit less volatile, right? It's usually <laughs> when we're looking at them, we're seeing them pegged at least close to a dollar. Usually they don't go too crazy unless it's something like Terra Luna, which kind of got out of control. Uh but that's like a whole <laughs> whole thing there. Uh, so I don't know how many people have used stable coins. Anybody down there in stables or using stable coins at all? You can throw up an emote if you if you can. I don't know if you're on your computers. Uh, but yeah, so there are three different types of stable coins that everybody's kind of going by these days. The first one is going to be your over collateralized. Then your second one is algorithmic, and the third one is fiat back. Uh, so we'll go ahead and break those three down and talk about them a little bit. So with over-collateralized stablecoins, these stablecoins are backed by crypto assets. And they have a reserve that is usually greater, like a lot greater, than the amount of staples they print. So that way they're over-collateralized, hence the name over-collateralized stablecoins. So one of the big examples of this is DAI from MakerDAO. Uh, it started out kind of like uh, some of the stablecoins are starting here, where it's just backed by one crypto asset. Uh, but eventually, it starts to get backed by more and more crypto assets, which helps you know stabilize it a little better, since it's going to be spread out between multiple cryptocurrencies. The next one up is algorithmic stablecoins. So algorithmic stablecoins are usually partially collateralized. So there's some kind of programming, which is the algorithm in algorithmic. Uh, it's used to ensure that the price stays at a certain value. Uh, one of the examples of that algorithmic was UST from Terra Luna. Uh, and then that one actually, you know, the algorithm got a little out of control just due to the fact that they would kind of print some Terra to pay off any UST you were, you were trying to claim back. Um, and then that kind of caused their whole downward spiral there. Uh, also, that one was kind of weird because they had like a governance right like i was in control of it it was like a team that decided when to print and not print on those so a lot of issues there with what happened with terra uh, but that's that would take a, a long time to kind of talk about all that but if anybody wants to come up and talk about it we can next up we got fiat backed stable coins so those are going to be backed one-to-one -one with the reserve of fiat currency uh, the reserves are usually held by some kind of custodian uh, one big example of that is usdt by tether so I think a lot of people know about Tether. There's usually some kind of Tether FUD going around where they think that they don't actually have their reserves there. Uh, their banks are offshore in some places that people think are a little shady. Uh, and then a lot of people are either hoping or 
been hoping for a collapse, at least for years I've been around here watching. Uh, there's always some kind of FUD that Tether's going to collapse, but it hasn't happened yet, but it doesn't mean it won't happen. So we'll just kind of stay tuned for that and see. Um, so all this information that I'm kind of putting out, I am going to put in a special newsletter I'm going to send out. It'll be an article that'll just be about stable coins. I had reached out to a lot of projects to get some elevator pitches from them. So I'm going to be adding that into the newsletter to make it a little bit more interactive. So if you're interested in kind of hearing a little bit about their stable coins from them, you'll be able to do that. So it'll be kind of fun. And then recently, uh, Jed put out a really cool chart. This is going to be in my uh, newsletter there too, where it talks about the different types of stable coins, uh, gives you some different things, right? So when it comes to like centralization, a over collateralized stable coin is decentralized and algorithmic would be considered decentralized. And then fiat back is mostly considered a little centralized since you actually have to go to who's ever holding the reserves and swap it out as opposed to the other two where it's a smart contract and you could swap it in and out. Uh, though the algorithmic, especially with Terra Luna, uh, I don't know how much you can consider it exactly decentralized since it did have like a governing body on it, which is kind of interesting. Uh, next up, collateral. Uh, so collateral, different for over-collateralized. Uh, it's exogenous collateral, ADA. Uh, algorithmic was endogenous collateral. And then same with fiat was exogenous. Uh, sorry, <laughs> a hard word for me to say, I guess. Uh, for collateralization, right? Uh, over collateralized is obviously over collateralized. Algorithmic was partially collateralized. There was some collateral there, uh, but not enough. And then for the fiat backed, uh, they are collateralized one to one. Um, and then we can go to kind of different stable coins that are coming. Uh, I don't know. I've seen most people talking, they're most excited about Jed, it looks like. Uh, so that's definitely one that's coming soon. It is launching sometime here in January is what we keep hearing. I'm hoping they meet that date. I haven't seen a date of the launch come out yet, but that is an over collateralized stablecoin. Another over collateralized stablecoin coming out is XPUSD, and that's by Explorer DAO. That one doesn't have a launch date yet. I haven't seen many tweets from them in a little while. That's the same team from Liquid, so I know they're probably focusing on that right now. Uh, next up, we have a fiat-backed stablecoin called USDA. That's going to be coming out by Emergo and Onzens. That's scheduled for launch in early 2023. I don't exactly know what that date means, uh, but hopefully in the first quarter or so, I would expect. Uh, next up is AUSD by AdaDAO. That doesn't have a launch date yet either, but it's also an over-collateralized stablecoin. Uh, they'll have some interesting auctions for uh, people who you know, don't have enough margin to actually cover anything anymore. Uh, as for stablecoins that we currently have right now, uh, one we have right now is IUSD by Indigo. Uh, it's currently available on old DEXs that are around. It's an over-collateralized stablecoin that you can mint on the Indigo protocol. It's an iAsset. So iAssets are synthetic assets. Uh, Indigo is a synthetic asset protocol. So users will put in their ADA, make a collateralized debt position, 
and then that's how they mint IUSD. Uh, when they're minting, there's actually an oracle that's making sure that the price is right there. That's how they determine you know, what percentage you're going to be putting in to over-collateralize your minting of IUSD. You can put more collateral if you want to. Uh, obviously, that you know, the more risk you do, uh, you know, the better it could be. But uh, it looks like we got a comment from somebody too. Let's see what this is. Uh, Manny B Investing said, "IUSD can be rare and go up in value." Well, yeah. So stable coins are an interesting thing, right? Uh, sometimes they don't completely keep a peg at $1. So there are chances, you know, where there's uh, opportunities where you could be selling them for a little bit more or buying them for a little bit less. Uh, that's something you're going to have to watch for, for arbitrage opportunities. Uh, but when it comes to minting an asset, especially a synthetic one, you're technically longing ADA, right? You're putting it in there to make this asset. Uh, and then eventually you're going to put that asset back to claim your ADA, right? You're going to you're hopefully making more ADA or getting your ADA back, right? Uh, because if you lock it up, you can provide to the stability pools, which helps you earn these indie tokens. And then those indie tokens, you can either stake them and then take part in governance, or you can sell them to kind of make a profit off of you taking that risk and providing stability to the stability pools. So I don't know if anybody has any questions about Indigo and IUSD or they want to come up and talk about it a little bit. If anybody's had some experiences, they've tried it. Did they have a good time? Did they have a bad time? So feel free to come up and share your experience. Next up, another stablecoin that's currently available on Cardano is RUSD, and that's by SharesLake. So Shares Lake is a fiat-backed stablecoin uh, minted using their protocol. Uh, since it is fiat-backed stablecoin, uh, you'll have to be careful of different regulations. They do have like a legal notice on their page. Uh, I do think that uh, they are obtaining licenses where they can. And I think currently you can mint it in Montana, I think, <laughs> which is pretty interesting. Uh, I'm guessing like Wyoming or something will be up next. I'm not sure. Shares like can probably get more information on that. But I know I was really surprised that it was Montana. I thought it might be Wyoming first. I know Wyoming has a lot of crypto stuff that they're doing lately. There's like a Kraken crypto bank in Wyoming right now. And then we do have Manny coming up. Manny, you got anything? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been using platforms as far as like from the perspective of like can I like onboard my mom who's, you know, like 70 years old. So I've been like looking at platforms from that angle and like low cost. Like, can I use this if, you know, I'm poor, if I can only, you know, put in maybe 20 bucks a week. So I've been, I've been messing around with Indigo. That's kind of been like my, one of my first ones on the layer one that I'm like really liking. Uh, and I messed around with uh, indie staking and I had some profits that I wanted to take. And a couple of days ago, I did, you know, mint some IUSD and I made a video on it. And I was kind of, I came to this kind of crossroads where I ran into this situation where IUSD was, was limited at that time. So it was like a little bit more than a dollar. So you like, you got like 80 cents worth of IUSD per, you know, US dollar that you put in. So you kind of do have to play like a, a bit of chess with it. 
Like if you're looking to just stash, a, you know, your money quickly and take that money out later, then it might not work that way for you. Um, you have to kind of play this hedge game with it because the way the markets move, the IUSD might be worth a dollar twenty or a dollar ten. So you kind of have to just really pay attention to that. Um, it can it can it can eat at your profits if you if you aren't uh, paying attention to those things. So I'm I'm really looking forward to Jed to see kind of how they they compare. It's just the the way that. It's minted on Indigo, uh, I guess, is what uh, causes the fluctuation. Because people have to kind of actually use it, like mint it and believe in ADA. So I just wanted to share that bit. That's what I kind of I've, I've run into personally. Yeah, thanks for coming up and sharing. It's definitely great to hear how people's experience have been with these. I know a lot of people are a little worried to tap their toes. It seems like, like you know, dip their toes inside of it. Uh, I know it's especially with like uh, people who make content and stuff like that. I think we're a little bit more risk adverse just because we want to show how it works and we're we're really interested in all that, all the dynamics there. But thanks. Uh, we also have shares like up here. What's going on? Hey, guys. Um, no, I, I just wanted to to clarify a bit about what you were saying about the Wyoming and all that stuff. Um, yeah, basically, as as you said, uh, if you are a U.S. person, uh, you can mint if you are from the Montana state. Uh, we also are allowing people from Europe uh, because we operate uh, with an electronic money institution partner that allow us to operate under their licenses. So, yeah, that's the current state. Uh, for the U.S., we are working on getting uh, other licenses so we can uh, start operating in other states too. But by the moment... Uh, as you said, we have the legal notice in the website, and currently it's allowed for Montana for Montana uh, citizens. Awesome! Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, do you have any extra information you'd like to give about RUSD and how that's going, and who's currently providing liquidity? Like, where's most uh, the most users coming from? Uh, sure. Um, well. That's, you know, it's a complex, a complex question uh, because currently, as you may have noticed, RUSD has a low liquidity, actually really low. Uh, it's like, I think that most people is using MinSwap for trading it. Um, and it has around 11,000, I think. Um, um, maybe we will... We, we're taking the wrong approach. Uh, I don't know, to be honest. Uh, we wanted to to bootstrap the liquidity from the community. Um, may, basically, you have two options to bootstrap the liquidity the liquidity of a fiat back stablecoin because someone has to put the fiat into the reserves. Um, you can go to some investors to ask for you know some millions or something, or you can try to bootstrap from the community like we are trying to do. Um, but yeah, it seems that uh, it's not working uh, very well in terms of increasing the liquidity. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, answering your question, I think there are currently around 200 users uh, in the minting dashboard. Um, but yeah, uh, it doesn't grow, 
you know, uh, checking yesterday I was check, checking the row in the previous epoch and it works and it was about 48% of new accounts. Um, when I say new accounts, I say, uh, I'm talking about, uh, Cordano wallets, um, but not addresses like state keys, you know? So yeah, that's more or less the current, uh, growing. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. All right. Uh, next up, we'll talk about some other stable coins that we've seen. Uh, obviously, we've seen some bridged stable coins. Oh, actually, we'll go to Ada Bucks first if you had a comment on some. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm um, great. Great. Um, I have a concern, really, with it's it's really great to see Cardano finally getting stable coins and whatnot. but. Um, it just seems to me that we're a little bit like we need a lot more TVL and a lot more volume and especially some of the algorithmic stable coins. Like when you study the, the malicious attacks that sometimes huge um, market makers and stuff, when they want to take down a stable coin, right? I, I think it'll be way too easy right now at the current state based on the the lack of uh, volume and TVL that we have in some of the stable coins. So I'm not sure. Um, it's kind of like a question. Like, what do you see? How can we prevent that kind of thing? And how can we grow being that there's already so much hatred against Cardano from amongst other chains? You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I know Cardano needs a lot more liquidity, especially when it's going to be going with stable coins. Um, I'm assuming Jed, uh, based on what I've heard from the Cardano over coffee crew, uh, they were saying they're going to have a lot of liquidity coming in. I know C Fund is probably going to be putting a lot in there. I know they're a partner with them. Uh, so Jed, I kind of think will hopefully be the most impressive uh, liquidity we kind of see coming to a stable coin. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how that works out. And then also USDA, since they do have uh, a lot of backing on them also, we'll kind of see how that one works out. Uh, but yeah, I definitely agree. I'd like to see more liquidity come in. Um, I mean, at this point, I guess it's good that the price of Cardano is a little bit lower while everybody's doing this because it's gonna. If it goes up later on, then we're gonna look look pretty good TVL wise on the next bull market. Like the amount of ADA has been, it like dropped to a low right after we had our first increase at, uh, for DeFi TVL, uh, but it's only gone up and almost matching for when we were at peak. Uh, that's ADA like actually in the system. Uh, but dollar-wise, obviously, we're way down on the price. Uh, but if that price comes back up, our TVL is going to look a lot better. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully, we'll see some of these stable coins soon. Uh, yeah, so we'll get back to what I was talking about, uh, bridged assets. So obviously, we had a few issues with those, right? Uh, we've had a stable coin that was on MusiSlot for a long time it was like cusdt but that was a bridge stable coin by micro chains uh, a lot of people are kind of just staying away from that in the first place uh and i looked at tried to look at the liquidity recently and it, it was just like really bad and the peg was like way off i think it's like worth cents or something it's really odd um i don't think much liquidity came over for that and then obviously 
Uh, we did have bridged assets coming over from that nomad thing. And then the nomad hack happened. And I think everybody's just like bridges. I'm out. Like I'm not trusting any bridge right now, uh, which I don't blame. I, I don't trust the bridges either. It's a little scary to be using stuff like that. Yeah. So those are a lot of the main ones. I did see another one. Uh, I need to research a little bit uh, that Cardano Croc Club, I guess is going to be, you know, uh, making their own stable coin. Uh, and that one will also be like custodied by them. I don't know if they're actually doing any regulation or where those people are even from, uh, but they are working on something. So uh, I'll mention it there. Uh, but the next thing we have coming up, obviously, is we need a better way of trading these. Uh, so that goes kind of back to what Adabucks is talking about with you know the liquidity. And then also when you're trading something, you have so much slippage that the price doesn't remain at a good level. Uh, so one of the ways that this has been accomplished is, I think most of you already know, kind of the Uniswap uh, variant, which is like XY equals, you know, something. So the way that works out is we have your two assets in a pool. And based on the swapping of those, the price is going to change one way or the other. Uh, so a lot of people have seen you know, permanent loss and things like that or really high slippage, especially when there's not much in there. Um, I think that's one reason, like, if you look at, like, the GENS tokens recently, there's not much liquidity out there. So nobody's really doing huge sales or buys because it moves the price so much. Everybody's just kind of sitting and waiting. Uh, I don't know if that's intentional or not, probably, uh, because they're kind of waiting till their DEX comes out. Uh, but it's really interesting how these dynamics work. You can leverage uh, different AMMs based on that. Uh, but obviously with a stable swap, uh, we would love to be able to swap one for one, right? If this thing's worth a dollar and this thing's worth a dollar, we should be able to trade them off, right? If you did that on Uniswap, though, uh, one way or the other, it could swing pretty quickly. Uh, and you can't just keep the price constant at a dollar. That won't work out for you either. Uh, so one thing you have to do is add in some more variables into your equation, right? And that's where we get to a stable swap. Uh, so with a stable swap, you're going to see uh, better better uh, trading because you're not going to have as much slippage and things like that. Uh, I do have some good charts here that's going to be in that newsletter, like I said. Uh, so if you want to go ahead and get that newsletter, you can subscribe. I do have a giveaway going on. If you see that pinned tweet, uh, I'm trying to get more awareness of my newsletter because uh, I kind of I ramped up my my marketing on it and added some new things to it. And I think uh, I'm kind of ready to share it a little bit more. Uh, it looks like we have a guest up here. Uh, how's it going? It's a critical. Uh, yeah, if you want, I can talk uh, a bit more of. Uh, in depth about the stable swap invariant uh, because first time I read about it, I found it uh, quite elegant how the one-to-one -one is tried to be achieved by uh, still keeping the pool, uh, keep preventing the pool to be uh, draw uh, from the assets. So if you want, I can talk about that. Uh, but yeah, I know. Yeah, that'd be great if you can go ahead and give us a breakdown of a stable swap. Yeah, so the the first time uh, the the this, uh, this alternative formula was ever introduced was by uh, Core Finance on Ethereum. Um, actually, the guy who ideated uh, the formula 
uh, he is really good at math. Uh, we have to, to give him uh, that. But the, the base concept is very similar. We have the normal uh, invariant from Uniswap, which was created for uh, non for generic assets, so not meant to be one-to-one. But if we know that some assets are meant to be one-to-one, uh, then we have that issue that Subcritical was mentioning of uh, slippage, uh, uh, liquidity, volatility, all that stuff. So it is not really optimal, uh, both from who is trading and who is, or from the point of who is providing liquidity. So um, I, I, I don't remember the name, I'm sorry. Uh, then then I, have, I have to check. But essentially the idea is, uh, okay, the idea would be one-to-one is just having the constant sum, but that is thrown up very quickly. So we kind of get uh, the constants, the, the best from the constant sum and the best from the uh, constant product, uh, which is constant sum. Uh, it, it tends to stay close to one-to-one, but if it is really offset, then it, it goes back to the constant product. Uh, th- that way... Uh, the pool is, isn't drowned or drowned away or, or pound, which is the, the problem of the constant sum. And so basically we are just add, adding these two formulas together and um, and giving a, a little help to the constant sum uh, so that it has a lot more weight. So basically it is the constant sum uh, under all aspects uh, when the, the pool is balanced, so it is basically one to one. But the, uh, the concept is it it uh, the the this help of multiplying the constant sum. Uh, we multiply if we multiply the constant sum by zero, then it is as if it's not present at all. So if it is not present, we only have the constant product of Uniswap, and this is how it is prevented from uh, get thrown back. So. This formula is really great for this reason. It keeps the price as close as possible to one to one, which is the concept of the stable, uh, <laughs> and uh, it prevents the pool to be drawn. Um, now, this is not only great uh, for the lenders and uh, and who is who is, it, but it's also great for uh, the stability of, of the the stable coin itself. In fact, uh, when stable. When uh, two stables are paired together, it's almost like they have uh, they are both advantaging of the liquidity of the other stable. Because if one gets slightly pegged, uh, then we can use the liquidity of the other stable, which is paired off, to uh, repeg that stable. So, yeah, this is uh, there are definitely a lot of advantages from various aspects, from various point of view, uh, on why we would use this different formula. So yeah, that's it. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for sharing. And do you want to introduce yourself a little bit so people kind of know who you are and why you know so much about stable swaps? Uh, yeah. Um, so I, I'm uh, Michele, as you can read from from the name. Uh, I'm the founder of Harmonic Laboratories, um, and which is a company who is writing to TS, uh, an entire language to. Uh, create smart contract um, using TypeScript is, is the first uh, and at the moment the only one uh, that allows you to get a smart contract using TypeScript. And uh, Harmonic Laboratory is also uh, taking care of the smart contracts of TeddySwap, which is um, 
an, an upcoming stable uh, uh, stablecoin DEX, which is going to use exactly the formula that I described above. So yeah, this is why um, I re I'm familiar with the formula because I'm integrating it actually. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, thanks for coming up and sharing all that info. Um, and then just to reiterate, uh, this space is actually presented today by YAM4. So if you want to go ahead and check out YAM4, you can. They are a decentralized non-custodial lending protocol on Cardano. Uh, their testnet will be coming out here soon. And then, Mikhail, uh, I think your version one, right, coming out is just going to be like a normal AMM style, and then the version two will actually be the stable swap. Uh, yes, um, yes, that, that is what uh, first we launch with uh, the version one, which is normal AMM, so uh, normal constant product. This is uh, because in order to have a functional uh, formula, we need to have uh, liquidity. So since the uh, the, the contracts for uh, the constant product are, are already there. Uh, we are just uh, setting up correctly the uh, the off-chain code, and then it, it will launch first with, with V2, uh, V1, I'm sorry, uh, exactly for this reason, uh, which is liquidity. Uh, and then, um, and then we'll, uh, we'll launch with V2 as soon as possible. I'm already working on V2, uh, in fact, uh, I should not say that, but uh, it is there. Uh, on the next developer update, uh, we should say that uh, the formula is already integrated. Uh, then there are a couple of other contracts to be uh, written, but uh, once we have those contracts, we can start testing ourselves. But yeah, essentially we launch first with V1 for the uh, start adding liquidity, and then the two will require a migration of that liquidity, and that is uh, when the stable swap formula will be effective. Um, so this is basically what is uh, the, 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 the roadmap, very, very basically. <laughs> awesome, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Uh, and then you said they can just go to like Teddy Swap, right? And then that's where they can get the Discord information and all that there. All right. And then we do also have some other people working on stable swaps. I saw Wing Riders actually has one on pre-production testnet. I haven't tried that one out yet, but uh, if anybody has, they can come up and share their experiences with it. Uh, MinSwap, I heard, saw mention. They were like, should we work on one? But I don't know if that meant like they've already been working on one in the background or they were just kind of asking. Um, and then Muesli Swap also uh, said that they would be working on a stable swap after their concentrated liquidity pools come out uh, because it'll allow them to do that a little better. Uh, so those are some of the different things we have to look forward to there. Uh, but if there's any other stable coin somebody knows about, I think uh, there's one that somebody would probably like to come up here and talk about. <laughs> Uh, so I see Mihan down there, and I don't know if they want to come up and talk about their stablecoin a little bit, uh, what makes it different from these other stablecoins, or if you still have questions about what over-collateralized is, what algorithmic is, and what fiat-backed is, or if you want to talk regulation or whatever, feel free to come up and we'll talk about it.
Shares like, uh, what are the main questions you get for your fiat backed stablecoin? Um, well, uh, actually, I guess the main one was uh, the the initial one that I replied at the beginning about um, the licensing processes and all that. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess I also get a lot of questions about uh, why the price uh, fluctuates uh, too much in MinSwap. Um, actually, the reason for that is simple: um, since the liquidity, the current liquidity is low. Um, a transaction uh, moves the price uh, a lot, you know? So uh, like Mikel was explaining before, um, the pro the constant products uh, of the DEX makes that if you create a transaction in, in a pool that has a low liquidity, uh, the less liquidity the pool has, the higher the price movement will be with your transaction. So that's mainly the reason of why it fluctuates too much. But in general terms, uh, the peg is being maintained. Uh, so we're happy with that, to be honest. Um, I don't know if you have some specific questions, we'll be happy to reply. Um, I guess specifically like uh, regulation wise, like what's what's so different about where you started like and people were allowed to make it as opposed to like the US. Like what's what's keeping like the barrier there? Um so I mean, I'm not not fully sure to understand the question if you could repeat it. Yeah, uh I mean where did shares like start out at? Like who started like, you know, minting first, like that's actually allowed to, as opposed to like, you know, you're slowly letting in the US. Like the US is just like Montana right now. Like what what allows you to make it wherever you were starting out at as opposed to other places? Yeah. Um, well, um, currently, um, most of the people that are using the minting dashboard are people from Europe. Uh, and I can be more specific. Um, I can tell you that uh, the biggest amount of people that use it are from Germany. Uh, I don't know why, to be honest, but I think that there is a really uh, big Cardano community in Germany. Um, there is a lot of people from the Cardano community living there. So I guess that's the reason. Um, so I, I don't know if that replies to your question, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I was just kind of curious because like, I don't know the insides of like how all these work. Uh, but I just wanted to ask you like any kind of question because it's good to have you up here. And then we also have uh, Matthew up here now. How's it going? Hey, uh, good. Thanks. So, so uh, good to be here with Shares Lake. I've been following you guys for a very long time uh, since you started, you know, launching your uh, your side chain. How is how is that part of the project going? Yeah. Uh, well. Uh, at this very moment, we are trying to focus a bit more uh, in the stable coin on the Cardano side than in the sidechain, but uh, not too long ago, like a couple of weeks or three or four weeks, actually, uh, the community pools started to mean blocks in our sidechain. Um, this means that basically you can stake your USD uh, in the same way that you stake your ADA and you will be getting earnings, uh, well, you will be getting rewards uh, every epoch in basically RUSD that you can then withdraw it to your bank account if you want. Um, 
currently we have like four pools from the community, I think. Uh, actually, those are four big pools. We have Blade Pool from Conrad. We have uh, X State Pool, uh, which is an state, uh, one of the biggest stake pool from China. Um, we also have Spire Blockchain. Um, which has, which also has a big amount of ADA delegated in Cordano. Um, um, yeah, you know, the, the sidechain is actually working since May. Um, but I guess, uh, we are trying to, we are trying to focus right now on increasing uh, our exposure in the, in Cordano. Um, so then people will be, will hear more about us, uh, will be using more, um, basically our dashboard, which is the part used to mint in the stablecoin and redeem it. Um, so generating trust before they move to the, to the sidechain, but actually the sidechain is, um, the sidechain is, I mean, the idea of the sidechain is to become fully decentralized in the same way that Cordano is. Um, so at some point in the future, if, if, if the sidechain succeeds, uh, you know, the only thing that we will be controlling will be the, the reserves of the RUSD. So, for example, you could create a, a transaction in dollars uh, from any part of the world to other in just seconds. If you try to create a bank transfer, it will take an average of three days. Um, that I think that's awesome. Um, there is, for example, I don't know if you have, I don't know where are you from or if you have ever tried to open a bank account for a company in a different country or something like that. But I can assure you that that's a really complex thing. Um, with, with our sidechain, basically you won't need to have, um, you know, you will be able to have your global account and you don't need to have to have to hold any other asset to create a transaction in dollars, uh, from any part of the, of the world. Um, um, yeah, I mean, and there is a lot of people asking also about um, why do you create a sidechain to move uh, RUSD when you can basically move it as a native token in Cardano mainnet? Um, the, the sad reality right now in the world is that the people that uh, you know the people that hold real world assets. Uh, so, for example, you can you can own a house. Um, you can also be part of a raid or something like that. Um, the people who hold the real world assets are usually people that are not interested in, in to getting ex exposure to the, to the current crypto volatility. No? So for example, uh, if you want to create a transaction in Cordano, you at least need ADA. Uh, I know that there will be some bubble fees in the future, but that also does not, that's not completely solve the problem because you will still need collateral for interacting with the smart contracts. Um, you know, all that stuff. So uh, we think that the sidechain option is a really good option for all this because as a person that doesn't understand about crypto, um, you can just use the Cordano technology like if you are using your US dollars. You don't have to know anything about how it works, about why do I need to hold uh, ADA to be able to create a transaction, um, you know. So all that stuff is really important from our point of view because, um, you know, educate, educating the world, world, all the people in the world is the long-term objective of uh, all this community that we are creating. 
in you know i'm talking about all the crypto space right now um but uh, let's be honest uh, most of the people um most of the people don't care about how the financial infrastructure works um and they will probably not uh, invest the time to study how it works um they just want to be able to understand uh, what they are using uh, but not in too much depth you know so it, it's like creating these side chains that works basically with dollars uh, people is getting exposed to how the technology behind Cardano works without needing to understand, okay, I need to, to hold, I, I need to hold some assets to send some others. And then I'm going to get staking rewards in ADA that I need to convert to, uh, an, uh, to an added stable coin to be able to withdraw it to the bank account. Um, you know, that's more or less the idea. It's, it's not trivial for people um to use the technology right now um this this side chain is like i mean we don't try to replace cardano of course because uh let's be honest that, that that's not going to happen um th we just want to be an extension of cardano that can be used with that purpose Matt, did that uh, answer any of the questions you have? Or do you have more? Yeah, no. I've, I've, so I, I like what ShareZlike is doing. They're, they've basically taken Cardano and sidechain or fork, whatever you'd call it, to make uh, you know another Cardano-like blockchain that's uh, you know that has all of the features and benefits of Cardano, but it runs on their ShareZlike Red token, and that's the one that uh, that pays the transaction fees and that generates the Block rewards and it gets it. It's a fabulous. If you like Cardano um, architecture, then you're going to like Shares Lake. And I, I've got a few. I know the. I know Conrad. Uh, he he turned me on to what you guys are doing. Uh, and, and so those. You know, so so I, I was. It's very exciting to see, see what you're doing and the the fact that you've gone ahead and and moved forward with with your stablecoin is is a great benefit to the ecosystem. So, you know, congratulations to you. And then Matt, if you wanted to talk about your stablecoin a little bit, uh, yeah, I'll just be brief. We're, we're doing a lot with like what Shares like is doing. Uh, we're doing the money transmitter license based fiat backed stablecoin. It's designed and structured just like USDC, and it will be a Cardano native token that will be um, you know minted and burned for dollars uh, in you know on our portal. So. We've got a few things in the works that I'm not sure I can I can share too much right now, but we've been kind of head down building for the past few weeks through the holidays, and uh, yeah, we expect to be launched. Uh, I don't say fairly soon, but you know, definitely this this quarter we'll have the the token out and circulating. Uh, just like shares, like the way that the U.S. regulations are is in Montana, you don't have to uh, have a license to do with money transmitting activities. So a lot of companies, when they enter the space, like ShareZlike has done, limit to Montana. You can also work in other states uh, with you know, various types of exemptions. And so we're going through the route with our legal counsel of figuring out just which states uh, we're able to launch in when we do launch. And then people from those states and then certain parts uh, internationally can come 
you know, verify the, their KYC, uh, send USD into the custodial account, and then we'll end up, you know, minting the Mihen USDM token for for them on uh, on Cardano into their into their Cardano wallet. So it's um, you know fairly straightforward. It's I'm sure as shares like has, has has figured out it's a a complicated matter to you know get everything working together, but we've got the right people I think building it. Yeah, um, if you allow me to say something, um, yeah, I I I totally agree with that. Um, uh, the the what most afraid me about uh, operating using money transmitter licenses and all that that you mentioned is that basically uh, that is something that has not been, uh, let's say, that's, that has not been said by the government. Uh, you can actually, yet, um, if, if, you are, if you are managing a stable coin, uh, you are considered a money transmitter, and that, uh, that's okay. But uh, the government, I guess, it's pulling to, you know, try to force stable coin manager companies to be regulated as banks, basically, um, probably to get banking licenses. Um, I think that maybe uh, if you are, because I know that you at Mehen are trying to go for money transmitted licenses per state. Uh, it's something that we have, it's something that uh, it is also something that we have been evaluating. Um, but I'm afraid about, okay, maybe, you know, you, you probably know uh, as, has even maybe better than me that that is a really a high uh, a invest investment on resources um, and also in time to uh, you know it's like you need to at least like two years to get uh, money transmitters in all the states um, and at the end uh, we don't know if in six months or in one year, the government will say, okay, now only banks can be uh, stablecoin managers, you know? So I think that's something that needs to be considered right now because, uh, you know, you don't want to get money transmitted licenses in all these states and then uh, need to apply to, for a banking, for a banking license. Yeah, I think that that's a valid concern. There is a lot of regulation that's happening in the different states and in the different, uh, certainly in Congress. There were a couple of bills that were considered in 2022, and I think there was even one in 2021 about uh, about stablecoins, money transmitting, and that kind of thing. Certainly, they're they're trying to prevent uh, money laundering activities. They're trying to prevent any illicit finance from entering into the banking system, and that's probably a valid. Uh, you know, valid application of what they're trying to do. Uh, you know, my my opinion on it is, if you go that route, and even if you go that route in a few states, and you're able to get licensed in a, in a in a few places, then once the federal government passes some kind of stablecoin regulation where where you can get a stablecoin issuing license, uh, or or if you have to have a banking license, that's another matter. But once you're operating in a way that considers the regulations and is respectful of the banking system, then having a track record of operating in that manner is going to be to your benefit when you do go for those maybe federal license or something 
that will be um, you know newly rolled out for the Congress. So that's kind of our our approach is to is to consider it that way and make sure that we've start operating in that way and then you continue operating in that way and just shift your license regime to a different legal framework. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, of course, um, if you can demonstrate that you have been operating properly and avoiding a uh, money laundering uh, during some uh, months or years or any time interval, I guess that uh, plays in your favor uh, when applying for the for a next license that could be, you know, for any new license that can be can appear in the future or or a bank license if we are forced to obtain one of those. Uh, so yeah, maybe that's also a point. Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks for both of you sharing. Uh, I guess since both of you are here and with fiat-backed stablecoins, what brought you to the fiat-backed stablecoins? Why didn't you try to make your own algorithmic or do anything like that? This is, <laughs> I'll answer mine first. My, my answer is dumb. Uh, I did this, you know, because I don't, I don't want to say I don't like Jed, but the way that the um, community about a year ago was rallying around the possibility of Jed being the stablecoin backbone of the DeFi ecosystem on Cardano, I, I understand that there's a lot of problems with Jed as a protocol. And then there are also additional problems with the way that it's being applied by Cody. And I was trying to warn the community about this last spring and that these algorithmic coins are, are not designed well. And you need to have some sort of touchstone to, um, to, to, to the dollars eventually or else you end up in a situation where you have um, you know, depegging because the volatility between the ADA and the dollar is not fully captured by the subordinate coin, the Shen coin. So this is something that I, I've been talking about for a long time. And at some point, somebody said, hey, if, you just, if you're so smart, why don't you just figure out how to make one that's better? And I went through and looked at the way that USDC was built I work in money market funds, which is like it's, it's like tokenized dollars um, for mutual funds, and I, I understand you know what we're looking at here. So I said, well, maybe we can. And I looked into it. I talked with my employer. We got some you know, some clearance to do it, and um, and so now we're doing it. But we're just doing it largely because there was no there was nothing on the the horizon. For fiat backed stablecoin, there was nothing contemplated by IO or CF that was besides Jed. So we decided to go ahead and do it. And it's taking a little longer than we expected, but I think that it's going to be here in time. Uh, certainly, there's nothing really pushing us in this current marketplace, but that, that's kind of how we got there. It was basically said we got challenged to, to do it. And now we kind of looked into it and said, yeah, actually, I think we can. So that's where we are. I mean, it's definitely one of the great things about being in like a decentralized ecosystem is that people are just like, you know what? We don't have this. I'll, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to I'm just going to make this thing. And I think that's awesome. 
Well, I think that we need to, in, in the end of the day, we need to have, you know, like ETFs are mutual funds that are traded on an exchange, kind of in a peer-to-peer fashion, but it's like institution to institution. Um, and the way that you get a, if you have a mutual fund in your portfolio, like let's say you have a retirement account or you have some personal trading account and you have a U.S. Uh, mutual fund, in order to get the dollars back from that investment, you have to send in your mutual fund shares to the manager and the manager will then send you the dollar equivalent of the assets that are in the portfolio. And so then you would get your money back that way. The only really real way to get a mutual fund share cashed out is to go right back to the issuer. And if you're in an ETF, you can sell it to somebody else. So there's kind of a difference between mutual funds and ETFs. ETFs are a type of mutual fund, but um, anyway, I'm kind of getting off, off the track. But what you should be able to do is be able to trade mutual funds, not only with the issuer and not only on the marketplace, the centralized marketplace, but you should also be able to trade mutual funds in a peer-to-peer manner. And that's what really brought me to Cardano was the, the thought of, of having a Cardano native asset be riding along the blockchain at the same protocol priority as, as ADA and being able to trade that in a decentralized and permissionless manner and being able to get liquidity for your assets in a peer-to-peer system. So that, that's kind of where we need to be 10, 15 years from now, where all risk assets, all securities, all things that are you know, valuable are traded in this decentralized permissionless marketplace. And that's where we need to get at. And that's actually what, what, what drew me to Shares Lake was Shares Lake started off as, as the uh, marketplace that's going to be a, like a decentralized permissionless marketplace to trade shares. If that's if that's not mistaken, that, that's what I understood. I don't want to speak for you, but is that is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, I thought that's totally correct. And that's why uh, the name is Shares Lake is like, okay, this was about to be a lake of shares, <laughs> you know, of company shares. Um, but yes, the idea, I mean, when we started Shares Lake, it was like uh, a, a bit more than one year ago, uh, like a year and a couple of months. And uh, initially, uh, what we wanted to do is uh, basically create a kind of stock market for a global stock market for com- for tokenized companies, you know. And um, yes, uh, so. The idea behind that was that uh, this is something, uh, you know, one day we were uh, reading uh, about NFTs and all that stuff uh, some years, you know, like two or three years ago. And it was like, okay, people mint NFTs representing something. And then when they trade the NFTs, um, the initial own, I mean, the, the, the person that minted the NFT gets some kind of uh, reward uh, from the for from the for the transactions that happen after the minting. Uh, I mean, the, the transaction between people, the the trades. Um, so why uh, why the stock market cannot be uh, created in the same way? Because if we remove the fees from intermediaries that right now exist, um, all that. I mean, there are several ways of generating a kind of extra rewards that could go to the companies because after all the companies are trading in the stock market to get funded. So that was the initial, uh, the, uh, 
you know, the initial idea behind Shares League. Uh, then when we started to build Shares League, we found that, uh, well, we have clear that we wanted to use Cordano for this, but then we found that there were not unstable coin Cardano and um, that all this approach had no sense without an stable coin because uh, you know you are not going to be trading shares against an asset that is uh, volatile because it has no sense actually if you think about it uh, so for, if you are trading some shares from the company A uh, you don't want to be trading against an, another different asset that then trades against the dollar you know, so then we decided to start creating the stablecoin, and this was uh, about ar around May of 2022. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean that's more or less how how we started with this. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to what both of your teams are going to be doing. Uh, I mean, obviously, we need these stable coins, and I think it's going to be great to have a variety of them, having you know some of the over-collateralized and then also having some of these fiat-backed ones. Uh, all right, I just want to say thanks for everybody for coming. Uh, today, like I said, was presented by Yam4. If you want to check out their testnet that's coming out this quarter one, uh, their protocol uh, will hopefully allow you to lend and borrow and do all that kind of stuff. So go ahead and check them out. Uh, if you want more information on stablecoins, like I said, I'm going to be putting out a newsletter here soon. I'm actually getting pitches from all the different teams. So that way you can kind of hear a little bit of elevator pitch, about like one to two minutes about what their project is. I'm waiting on one from uh, Matthew, actually. So hopefully he'll get that to me soon. Uh, so if you want to subscribe to my newsletter, you can go ahead and find it. I'm actually doing a giveaway to spread awareness of my newsletter. Uh, you'll find that pinned to the top. If you want to share that out, you have a chance to win 100 ADA be picking two different people uh, but thanks everybody for coming out we do these spaces every week on thursdays uh, also you can check out my newsletter uh, or you can also check out the youtube where i'll put these recorded spaces as well as i do like a weekly review of what's going on on cardano so thanks everybody have a good day thank you sir